It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. Officially now, happy holidays, everybody, and tip-top of the morning to you, and welcome to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket for November the 23rd. All right, let me tell you what I love about living in this particular town. I live about five minutes away from the radio station. I stopped by my favorite little convenience store to get some gas and the sports runner today, a little bit of caffeine for the morning, and I got asked no less than six times from the doorway of my car back to the doorway of my car, does Quincy Notre Dame have a chance? today to beat Williamsville. It's not like this anywhere else on the planet, kids. It's why I've stayed here 25 years. The love of high school sports in this community, not only Quincy, but the greater tri-state community as a whole, has just been phenomenal, and it's certainly an exciting tempo setter for today for game day right here on The Big Show because we've got two huge games, and we'll answer that question with Jack Cornell. Does Quincy Notre Dame have a chance to beat Williamsville today? What's it going to take? He's going to join me, the Quincy Notre Dame head coach, in just a matter of moments here on the show. We're also going to talk a little Quincy High girls basketball with Brad Dance, whose debut as the head coach of the Blue Devils couldn't have gone more swimmingly. I'm pretty sure he's not going to hold every opponent to 10 points this season, but maybe the defense really is that good. We'll ask him. It's a heck of a start, and he's got himself a pretty good little roster compiled. Maybe a little undervalued based on what they graduate and what people think the Blue Devils will be, but we'll we'll dig into that with Brad Dance here in a few minutes as well. So quality show lined up for you. Again, the headliners today, state semifinals. Quincy Notre Dame at home, 2 o'clock against Williamsville. Just the second Final Four appearance, state semifinal in school history. The First ever at 10th and Jackson. If you're not doing anything, it's well worth your time to go out and see this battle of outstanding teams. Williamsville is the highest scoring team in 3A football, and they got some dudes. But Quincy Notre Dame has proven they've got some defensive dudes as well over the course of the last couple of weeks. And as a nine seed that's pulled off three straight upsets, do not write the Raiders off. Also, Clark County, already on the road, was checking Twitter this morning, saw them leaving Cahoka and heading to the fine bedroom community of Hallsville, Missouri right there outside of Columbia today for their state sem- or excuse me quarterfinal showdown with a, a Hallsville team that's just sort of happy to be there at 10 and 2 a big surprise but Clark County probably a prohibitive favorite going into that game highlights of that one for you as well coming up tonight on the big overtime show as we'll have extended coverage probably about 5 minutes a piece devoted to each game tonight on the big show so that should be fun as well all right let's look back at what wasn't really a very busy Friday night but sort of the transitional point, because here moving forward with the Thanksgiving week upon us, it's going to start getting insane again with basketball scores galore. We had just a smattering last night, most of them on the girls' side, but we will start with the one boys' game that counted last night. North Shelby opens its season with a big-time win over Bevere last night. 61-25 to was your final. Elijah Greenwell, proving that the football legs are still pretty good on the basketball court, scored 19 points last night. The young, impressive, I believe he's a sophomore, Silas Preston, had 11 points as well. So North Shelby off to a good start on the boys' side. On the girls' side, North Shelby also off to a good start last night, winning by 42 over Bevere, 62 20 was your final on that one. Lily Cook led the way for the Lady Raiders in that game with 13 points. Also, Monroe City kicking off the post-Jada Summers era. Looked pretty darn good as well. Destroying Fulton last night, 74-41. Hallie Dyer, who's probably going to emerge as that team's scoring... I guess, wing of gravity. She certainly started off her season the right way with 17 last night in a win. At the Carlinville tip-off, 
Matt Long doing what Matt Long does, having his team play some defense. And they held Shelbyville last night to just 34 points in a 49-34 victory, which means Central Southeastern will play for the championship today of the Carlinville Tournament coming up later this afternoon. It's been a rough, rough week and a rough, rough start for the Macomb Lady Bombers in their own Invitational. Last night, they end up losing to a Illini Bluffs 52-24, to which is actually the smallest margin of loss yet this week for Zach Keene's team. So they're trying to find some things, but it's early, and there is some potential there. And I will say this for Macomb, they've got a couple of really good-looking freshmen who portend a much better future than right now the present seems to be looking like. So we'll see how that plays out. Only one other high school game last night, again, that counted. We had a lot of exhibition games and scrimmages. But the Fort Madison girls opened their season on a winning note with an upset of number 15 Centerville last night, 48-36. to So Tony Sargent and company getting the job done there. That's a pretty nice victory for them to start off a season as well. We did have a little college basketball last night and today. It's the Subway Tip-Off Classic out at Pepsi Arena. And the Quincy University women open up with a nice win last night over Upper Iowa. The Lady Peacocks, if you will, 58-47. Alexandra Petrovich with 13 points and 7 rebounds after a bit of a slow start got it done for her team. Quincy University back in action out there at uh, Pepsi Arena this afternoon if you're looking for something else to do and looking to stay a little warmer than maybe heading out to 10th and Jackson, the indoor climate-controlled fun there. Also last night in uh, their tournament, the John Wood Lady Blazers lose to Lakeland last night, 75-59. to Emily Fuller, the pride of uh, Central Lee High School, had 10 points, the only scorer in double digits for Norman Rodriguez's team. Also some news breaking overnight last night, was able to confirm it late, but don't have any other details than this. But Bobby Lonergan, who's one of the seminal names in high school baseball coaching, apparently has been fired at Jacksonville route. Now, I've been here since 1995. There have only been two coaches, two teams, if you will, since that time who have won state baseball championships in any state or at any level. Bobby Lonergan was one of them back in 2008, leading route to a Class 1A state championship that year. Uh, Obviously, a guy whose team is a powerhouse every single year. Heard some whispers and some dynamics of parental politics being in play there, which seems to be the case whenever a legendary coach uh, ends up getting fired, you know, in the prime of their career. But this is pretty shocking news. And obviously, this is a guy whose team was going to return Corey Ronan, who is just a sophomore. Actually, now he's just a junior this season, but is ranked one of the top 25 left-handed pitchers in the entire country, has already committed to the University of Hawaii. Smart kid. Go pitch in paradise. Why not? But uh, apparently somebody new will be in charge of not only the Route High School program, but that lower-level junior high school program, which has been so successful in Jacksonville as well. So it's big news, and we're going to try to get more updates and some more information for you, but that's something brewing out there on the horizon as well. So turning out to be a very eventful sports weekend for all kinds of reasons. All right, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, we will be joined by the head coach of the Quincy Notre Dame Raiders, Mr. Jack Cornell. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on WTAD. Better bed, less money. Sleep Tight, 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Once again, here's Chris Dewar. In advance of today's 2 p.m. kickoff out at 10th and Jackson, Jack Cornell, the head coach of the Quincy Notre Dame Raiders, is on the phone with us now. And first of all, Jack, I want to start a little different place with you. I went back through the archives this week and dug up the last Quincy Notre Dame state semifinal, a team you were on back in 2004, that trip to Cole City. And as I was watching video, I guess, of uh, that would have been your sophomore year, watching video of that team, I'm still amazed anybody ever scored on that squad. One of the best defenses I've ever seen. What are your recollections and memories? of just being on that team and being a part of that and how that's kind of shaped you as a football player, being around those guys. 
Sure, yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on this morning. Uh, it's a great pleasure to join you today. Uh, I do remember that defense quite fondly, uh, going against them on scouting every single day. Uh, I think, you know, that's what helped turn me into the football player that I would become, uh, getting to go against the likes of Trevor Ferricks, you know, Zach Moss, Jordan Gennenbacher, having to try to block Sam Dancer as he ran through the A-gap on me. But um, that was a very talented football team, and I think it was, you know, uh, being a part of that team really instilled the championship mindset in myself and people that I grew up with um, and that, you know, try to lead to ultimate success that we would want to get. So um, it's it's an honor to be back in this position we're in today, hopefully to, have, you know, get a different outcome than that game. Um, but, you know, to be a part of this team again is, is truly an honor. It, it's 15 years later, Jack, and you're getting there, Quincy Notre Dame's getting there, with a very different group of kids. And one of the things that I, I think really stands out about this group is just how resolute they are. You're the nine seed. You've won three straight by seed upsets. These kids just kind of believe in themselves and in each other. And you were preaching that from day one, but now the rest of us are getting to see it. And you don't get character teams where the puzzle fits together like that very often at any level in any sport, do you? No, I agree. I think the good Lord blessed us with some very, very uh, tremendous young men in our program, guys that work really hard, not just during football season, but out of it as well. You know, last year when our season ended, uh, those guys started to attack the weight room the Monday after uh, the last game ended, you know, so uh, it's uh, certainly the character and the uh, competitiveness of these guys, I think, it was very evident. You see it every day in practice, and I think that's what's helping carry us to where we're at right now. Uh, and I'm excited to see it keep going. It's kind of a dumb question, Jack, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Was was kind of getting kicked in the jaw a little bit, not just for them, but for you last year and knowing the tradition of that program. Does this happen? Do people rebound as, I guess, again, as resolutely as you guys all have as a collective without last year and kind of getting you refocused and, and recalibrated? Uh, you know, I don't know. I think uh, certainly we had to earn the right to win last year, and, you know, it being the first year of our uh, staff's program and having a lot of young guys playing, we had to learn uh, by going through the fire together. And I think that it did kind of, uh, you know, give us some resolve and some grit, you know, going through those losses. And, you know, not all of them were bad. I mean, we had some tough, you know, close-fought games. Uh, we just had to learn how to finish. We had to earn that right. And I think that, you know, after that season, throughout the course of the last offseason, we put ourselves in a position to do just that this year. One of the things you've earned is the right to feel very confident about your defense. Those guys, the folks that, that coach them, Coach Morris, and everybody who's kind of played into the rise of that the last couple of weeks because they have kind of been a linchpin for you. And that starts with just an attitude. You talk about hats on hats. They're doing that about as well as anybody we've seen, particularly at the particularly right time of the season, as you're going to get. That's That's got to be confidence-inducing. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, I think one thing that QD football has always hung its hat on, especially, you know, in my lifetime, is great defense. And, uh, you know, early in the show you talked about the defense from 2004 and just how talented a group that was, how hard playing of a group that was. And I see a lot of similarities in this group. You know, I mean, we've got quality linebackers in the middle of the defense. We've got great edge players. we got dudes in the middle getting it done, guys on the back end who cover. And, you know, the game is different today than it was back in 2004 and I think that we've got the right kind of players that adapted to those kind of changes in the rules and everything uh, and they play the game you know every the way every Raider has always played that's just hard tough nose football and uh, they get after you so it's certainly exciting and to have them playing the way they're playing right now uh, is everything that we could have asked for you know uh, I think what, what it takes for a championship team is to be clicking at the right time and these guys seem to be doing that.
Yeah, you make a really great point that I hadn't thought about. The, you know, the game has changed, and you are so good on the edge with, you know, Jack Marth, who was recognized this week as an All-Stater, and Zach Becker, who's been amazing in this playoff run. The ability to project, to disrupt, I mean, particularly today, when you're coming in against a team that is as dynamic as Williamsville, a team that's scoring almost 50 points per game, the ability to come off the edge and close that pocket and to force things in, that that is probably your best fit talent for this particular opponent, is it not? No, I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, those guys get after on the edge. They keep everything inside of them. They keep contained. Uh, when you've got great edge players like that, though, you need great, uh, you know, middle players in your defense to, you know, disrupt anything coming through the middle. I think one thing that McCormick would try to do is, you know, once he feels some pressure coming from the outside, he's going to step up and run. I think that's what he's shown on film and what he continues to do all year. So we got to have our guys in the middle be ready, whether that's Louis Pauliera or Sam He, Lake Bergman in the middle. Uh, once he tries to come through the A-gap, we got to meet him at the line of scrimmage, you know, and, uh, but certainly for those guys, like you said, Jack Marth and Zach Becker to be there and set the edge and be where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be there uh, puts us in a great position, no doubt. You mentioned Connor McCormick, who is the uh, honorable mention All-State quarterback, and 215 to 220 pounds. He looks even bigger than that on film, and he runs pretty well downhill. Do you want to keep him in the pocket, Jack, or do you, do you prefer to, you know, where is he more dangerous, I guess is the question. Well, I mean, that's a great question. No, he's, uh, proven to be just as lethal through the air as he is, uh, on the ground. Uh, you know, certainly as long as we can get a hat on him, we feel like that's going to be, you know, the, the disruption that we need. Not many people have been able to get after him, uh, the way that we've been, have been able to get after teams. So, you know, if we can just play relentless football and, uh, you know, try to pursue him at all times and rally to the ball, especially the way that we've been playing as of late, we feel really good about it. We take it for granted here because the dynamics of football and the community support you and Quincy High and Quincy University all get that, you know, that Williamsville hasn't played on turf this season and had to go to Sacred Heart Griffin, I think, on Tuesday or Wednesday to practice this week. Is there advantage in that, or is that just the us media guys looking for something to talk about? Um, you know, I don't know. I, personally, I think it's the other way around. When a turf team has to go play on grass, I think that's where, you know, you get more of the weakness. But, um, you know, I think today's weather is going to be, should be beautiful enough. It should be good enough. Um, you know, if anything, I think it makes them faster. You know, really, I think when you have uh, a grass team that plays on turf, you're a little bit more lethal because uh, you have a little bit better footing than what you're used to playing on. So, you know, it's going to make our job a lot more difficult to, you know, try to get them on the ground. we got to do a great job of rounding the ball wrapping them up and not letting them get away. Your, your offense at best has looked like a Ferrari, but the last couple of weeks the timing's just been off a little bit with what you do, especially uh, you know between the 30s you've been great, but in the red zone and trying to get that recalibrated. Did you feel good about practice this week? Do you feel like you've got that thing tinkered with and the timing belt, I guess for lack of a better analogy, back working right with your offense? I do. You know, I think we've had a really, really great, great week of practice all around. We've put a big emphasis on trying to finish drives when we get inside the red zone. You know, that's been, try to been my MO since, we, you know, we started this thing. We got to score touchdowns in the red zone. We can't settle for field goals. We certainly can't settle for no points at all. So especially when you play a team like Williamsville, uh, you have the score when you have the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I think that the guys understand that, you know, we haven't been playing our, our best. Uh, we've been playing good football, but not our best football. And, uh, you know, we're one or two plays away from doing just that uh, and hoping the tides to turn today.
Last one for you, Jack, and uh, it's been a while since I've said this, but kind of got chills that Beardstown game, the crowd that showed up uh, both ways and the energy back in your stadium because we haven't had playoff football like that at 10th and Jackson for a while. How critical is that for you to get that kind of support today? Because, I mean, that was insane. The noise level was fantastic for that Beardstown game two weeks ago, and this is an even bigger challenge for you. No doubt. It, it was an awesome game, a great day to be a part of, a great day to be a Raider for sure. And uh, no doubt that this day is going to be even bigger and louder and, uh, you know, more celebration for sure. I think, you know, Williamsville is bringing a fan bus down. They're going to be ready to rock and roll. Our fans are going to be turning out in numbers. I'm, I'm confident of it. This is the biggest game in our program's history. I, I believe that. It's really the biggest game on our campus's history. Uh, and I'm, I'm just popping at the skin right now, man. I'm ready to get it going. Well, go get one today. Job well done to you and your team, and we'll be out there to see you this afternoon. Bring one home. Can't wait, Chris. Thank you. All right. As always, great pleasure to talk with Jack Cornell. Again, 2 o'clock kick today. Get yourself to 10th and Jackson. It's going to be a game that I think you're going to be talking about for not just years but decades to come because this is a very rare experience. State semifinal, chance to go to DeKalb, undefeated opponent, and an opponent that I think everybody who follows football in the state of Illinois thinks is the, literally the 700-pound gorilla in the middle of the room. And if Quincy Notre Dame takes them down, it's going to be up there with, you know, 81 Blue Devil basketball. It's going to be that level moment. So get yourself out to 10th and Jackson today, either to support the Raiders or just to go watch some great football if you're unaffiliated because it's going to be super fun. And when we come back, we're going to talk some girls basketball with the new coach of the Quincy High Blue Devils, Mr. Brad Dance. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. And welcome back to the Saturday Morning Ticket. We are pleased to be joined by the new head coach of the Quincy High Blue Devil girls basketball team, Mr. Brad Dance, whose team's off to a good start. A big takedown of Jacksonville the other night. I'm going to guess, Brad, that 48-point wins probably aren't going to be the M.O. all season long. And holding an opponent to 10 points probably isn't going to happen all the time. But I'm guessing you'll take that to start a season. Yeah, you're probably right. It's not going to happen every night out. But we were definitely glad to get off on the right foot on Tuesday night, and we'll take the win. I'm sure you will. What's the character of this team at its highest level? Because you did lose a lot to graduation. You have a couple of really good guards back. You have a good wing back. And you've got some bigs, not only experienced, but coming up that kind of fit a nice mold. Do you like the kind of the, the chessboard of pieces that you have, Brad? Yeah, I do. We, I like, like you said, we do have a really good backcourt with Olivia and Bree and Kate. And um, then we, we throw in uh, Brent Holt and Emily Wilson in the post. That's something that, you know, is good to have for us this year that they didn't necessarily have a, you know, two true post players that could play with their back to the basket and Brent also can play facing the basket. So, you know, we've got we've got a pretty solid five right there. I want to start with Bryn Holtz because she did make her commitment to Culver Stockton this week, and that's well-earned. This is a young lady that every time I go to the Croc Center to work out, she's there working on her game all by herself, post moves, spin moves. When you see a kid with that kind of work ethic get that kind of payoff, a chance to continue to play and to, to reward her love of the game, what does that say about her, and what does that mean to you as a coach? It's, it's awesome for her because, like you said, she's, she's at the Croc, you know, from the time it's open until the time it's closed. And, you know, it, it's really good for her to get the scholarship. The thing that we keep preaching to her in practice is to just keep it simple, to, you know, just, you know, you've got that first move, take it. You know, she's, she loves the NBA. She likes doing a few of those extra moves that maybe she shouldn't, but <laughs> she, she is coming around to where she's, 
relaxing a little bit more being a senior now, and she's doing just the one move that we want. So it's it's been nice for her. I, I get a chance, and, and I got a chance to watch Olivia and Kate last year. And as as far as their development, how are they better this season? And how does that kind of help? What you already said was kind of a, a resolute strength for you coming in in your backcourt play. Uh, it's um, Olivia has matured a, a ton between last year and this year. She's you know a point guard mentality where it's uh, I'm going to get the ball ahead. I'm going to find the open person. I want to make the extra pass. She's still going to be able to get her points because she's that type of player that she can get to the basket. Um, Kate Savaya has worked a ton in the offseason on her shot and also going to the basket. She was kind of labeled last year as, you know, a, a spot-up shooter. You know, she wanted to be known as a complete player, so she worked on that a lot over the summer, and now she's able to, you know, get to the basket, play, score a lot off the dribble as well. You were on that bench last season with Martin Pizanin, and before he took off, for obviously a great opportunity out west. Um, you had a chance to kind of get your your toes dipped back into it after the you know the great run at Highland that you had. Just how much more fun is it for you to kind of reconnect and redo something that I think has been in your blood and, and something I think you wanted to do, Brad, for a long time? Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. You know, the girls have been receptive. It's it, you know, it, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot more stress moving over one seat on the bench, but. You know the the response from the girls has been you know very positive so far, and you know we're, they're working hard, so that makes my job a lot easier. But it's also it's a it's a lot of fun. What is the thing that you guys have to do as a collective? I'm I'm going to assume rebounding, but you may have a different answer. What is the thing that you have to do collectively to get this team where you want to be, based on kind of the personnel you have? Um, we're going to have to be able. To- defend because we're going to play we're going to mix up with some zoning man because we're going to play some teams this year that we won't be able to match up man to man but you know i'm kind of old school we we focus a lot on defense and you know getting to the right spot and that you know obviously rebounding is going to be a key but we've got to make sure we can be able to defend and keep the person in front of us the early season schedule and, and the schedule in general through December gets you a chance to get a little bit of momentum built. Um, given you know the fact that you do lose some of your face of the franchise pieces from last year, how important is that confidence? And you know, I, I guess you're probably seeing a boost off that after the Jacksonville win. Yeah, it, it, it is huge. That, you know, we can get out and play some games that you know. I, I think every game on our schedule we have a, a chance to win, but the, some of these early games we've got to make sure that we we do things right and. Take care of the games that we we should win. Um, Tuesday we're at home against Alleman, and that's a that's going to be a good test for us. And then we turn around Saturday after Thanksgiving and have Belleville West and Edwardsville on the same day. So that's going to be a you know a huge challenge for us. But you know that's kind of what we want. We want these girls to be able to play teams that they're going to face in the postseason. So come March we're not you know shell shocked when we walk into the gym and see some of these teams. Last one for you, Brad, in the few seconds we have left. I mean, you, you've you been a basketball, girls basketball observer for years around here. Um, just to see Quincy High School kind of return to prominence last season and now have a chance to build on that, that's really important to the culture, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, um, we've got to maintain what, what was started the last few years. That's what you know the girls want to do and you know, I want to do as well. We're working to do that, and we've just got to make sure that you know, we take it a day at a time. There's going to be some bumps along the road but i think you know as long as we keep working and keep moving in the right direction we'll be successful uh well thanks a lot mr dance best of luck to you and the girls the rest of the way and always a pleasure to talk to you my friend all right thank you
And coming up next week, hopefully we're still talking football right here. Hopefully next Saturday, wrapping up a state championship by Quincy Notre Dame and talking about what we think will be a huge semifinals matchup for Clark County and maybe they're, they're facing the 600-pound gorilla in, in the Class 2 bracket as well. So all kinds of goodness coming up right here next week. We'll also be talking Thanksgiving basketball. Have a great holiday, everybody, and we'll see you right back here on The Morning Ticket next Saturday at 8 o'clock sharp. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.